man. That's my hope at Money in the Bank is, you know, all is forgiven damn near when you have that briefcase. Everything else is forgotten about the last couple months. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. Very excited for this week, as I always am. But this one is because I'm talking to someone who I am a big fan of and who I've had an interesting conversation with in the past before I had the podcast when I was just doing the one-on-one -on -one interviews. So I'm excited to continue that. We've got two-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time Raw Tag Team Champion, and six-time SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Big E. What's up, E? Thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I want to start off by asking you what I ask everybody, and that's how much of your real true self would you say there is in the character of Biggie? Um, I will say it's that's hard to say. I will say it's pretty much me. You know, the whole like Austin, oh, be yourself with the volume turned up. I would say for the most part, that's me. But that's only me in front of people I'm comfortable with. If I'm not if I'm not really comfortable with you, uh, then I'm pretty quiet for the most part. Um, but around my friends and people who I'm really comfortable with and I don't have much of a filter, it's pretty much like what you see on screen. Like I'm not doing splits and whatnot, you know, at, at my uh, friends' houses. Like, I'm, not, I'm not doing any of that. Um, so there, there's definitely a similarity with the people I'm comfortable with. If I'm not as comfortable with you, then I think, uh, and, and for a lot of people, it's, it's a very distinct difference. Cause I'm, for the most part, I like, I keep to myself. I just like, I live alone. I'm not married, I don't have kids. I really, I'm an introvert. So I don't know how, I mean, I know how, but the fact that I became an entertainer doesn't really mesh with my personality, but I really enjoy flipping that switch and just being able to kind of hide under this character. You know, like I, it's easy for me to feel weird about something I did if it's, oh, that's a tour, being weird as opposed to, oh, that's Big E being obnoxious. It's easy to slip into that character and feel a certain sense of freedom when it's not you, it's the character you portray. Yeah, when I was a kid and I did small acting type stuff, that was my favorite part about acting was like getting to be something you're not. Just kind of like taking that small part of yourself and, and, and magnifying it to a huge degree. So that definitely makes sense to me. But, you know, since you are kind of, since you are an introvert, but you're also goofy, do you think that, like, you prefer to be able to be goofy on TV because it's not how you normally are, like, when you're by yourself? Yeah, it's, it's a nice escape, too. Uh, it's just kind of, it's a nice outlet to just be as free and wild. And honestly, for a long time, maybe even still, but for a long time, I felt like, hey, I'm probably my most comfortable when I'm on TV, when I'm performing. Because uh, I feel completely uninhibited. And I, I always think back to when I first started wrestling, it was hard for me to adjust for a while because I was just so aware of the fact that I was half naked in front of, you know, eight to 12 people, whatever. You know, some of those some of those FCW crowds are a little rough uh, and you're very aware. To me, people, people often think that it's harder to perform in front of like WrestleMania, in front of 100,000 people or whatnot. But I often tell people the more people there are, the easier it is. It's like this sea of people. And sometimes you can point certain individuals out, but when you have a match, just a ton of people, I'm, I'm at complete ease. But when you can look out and you see five or six people and you swear you can hear conversations and, and people looking at you in the eyes and it feels like they can hear your, your thoughts, that's nerve wracking. Like wrestling in front of 70,000 people is cake. That's a breeze. But uh, it's, uh, I was very aware early in my career that uh you know it's you you're out here and you're barely dressed and uh but now it's it's very freeing to be comfortable as a performer well then was wrestling in the thunderdome kind of nerve-wracking then since there you know i know that there was screens there but you didn't have the people there so it's kind of similar in that regard was it was it hard to adjust uh there's definitely an adjustment it's i wouldn't say it's hard or nerve-wracking it's just not as easy like i for I would tell myself for a while that I could just, if I had a bed in Gorilla, I could hop out of bed and go straight to the ring and be ready to go because the energy of the people that, that gets you going, it can sound cliche, but legit, man, feeling that the pulsing of the crowd, feeling that energy, it gets you ready to go. But 
you know, in the Thunderdome era, I'm having to spend time warming up and getting my mind right and, and just reminding myself, hey, this is not a rehearsal. You need to bring that energy. So it's a little bit, I don't know if it's manufacturing energy per se, but it kind of has that feel during the Thunderdome era in that I have to bring the energy from within as opposed to when we're in front of fans, it feels like the fans really give you everything you need. Well, then you must be more than excited to be hitting the road again, starting uh, in a few days. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely gonna be great to be in front of people. I will say, though, it's been beautiful, though, to also be in Tampa the whole time. Um, it's it's like the Yingling Center is 25, 30 minutes down the road. And I can't complain about that. But nah, man, it's uh, the quality, I think, of of the shows. I mean, that, that's that's the hope too. everything should I think go up once we get back in front of people, everything, the energy, uh, the reactions, of course, are going to be there as well. But uh, my my hope is that it's much more rewarding as a performer once we're in front of fans. Do you think it's going to be a hard adjustment for some of the performers to go back to the way you guys were doing it before? It, I don't know. It'll take some time, but I don't know how hard it'll be for, for most people. Um, I don't know. That's a great question, actually. It's a great question. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, but working for reactions is, is kind of foreign now. We haven't done that in a while. We're just kind of working in a way that feels right, I suppose, and trying to figure out the timing on our own. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be an adjustment for sure. I feel like with you, too, since you've had the, the pandemic, you know, you've been alone this whole time, you know, doing your solo run without fans there, that it's going to be interesting to hear how fans react to you and how much they've been enjoying your singles run now since you really don't know yeah well i tell kofin woods man it's a little unsettling because <laughs> like what if you're not as over as you think you <laughs> yeah. are you know there's 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 a good chance that you go out there thinking oh, I'm, I'm the man and it's crickets and that could be me so uh there's a part of me that not that i'm worried about it but it, it'll be interesting because i think there are people that who believe they're over and who won't be and I think there are people who will be uh, pleasant surprises as well, who, who we don't really expect to get great reactions, but uh, that the fans have, have seen them, you know, putting the time in and have appreciated what they've done. So uh, I'm really intrigued to see what the reactions are for, for talent on a week to week basis. And they might not always be what you, you, would, you, what you think they'd be. I'm looking forward to that, though. That unpredictability factor is something that I'm, I, I, I really have missed from the audiences where you like, you know, different towns react to different people and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really a, I, I can't wait to see the changes to television. Yeah, I was telling Kofi Woods that as well. Uh, that is something that uh, I'm looking forward to. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that is because it's just, it, that barometer to me is really beautiful because it changes plans. It, it buoys certain guys like Kofi Mania doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't have the same momentum at all. It's not even close if it wasn't for fans. In fact, if, if you know, if all that stuff happened during the pandemic era, there's a good chance we never get that Kofi world title run. There's a good chance that, you know, people like Brian, like imagine Brian's run without a crowd like that probably doesn't happen either. So there are so many of these really organic, really beautiful, to me, the most beautiful moments in wrestling are, are those stories of the guys who were probably gonna be passed over, at least the ones I think of in the last five to 10 years are the, the Kofi's and the Bryans and guys who were really buoyed by that fan reaction. Uh, because I love that the fans can really dictate the show in the sense that they can completely derail plans. Like when, when the reaction for Kofi was the way it was a couple of years ago, that you just can't, go along the course that you had plotted and just shrug your shoulders and think, all right, you know, this is what we plan on doing, so we're gonna do it anyways. Uh, and that's what I really love about that barometer. The, the fans are the, the best barometer. And uh, in many ways, they, they saved us because if you think back to 2014, we were on a course to be these happy-go-lucky uh, good guys and people rejected it and they were very vocal about that. And uh, if it wasn't for that, we, would, we probably would've been doing that preacher gimmick for a few months. <laughs> We probably would have been broken up. And then like, who knows if I still even have a job, if, if Woods is around. Uh, we always joke that Kofi would have been fine. <laughs> he would have been good, yeah. He's cool. He's safe. And he's the, yeah, he would have been fine. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, you know, that barometer, nothing like it. Well, is it gonna be weird then, you know, in talking about Kofi mania, is it gonna be weird for you to see Kofi challenging for the WWE championship again at Money in the Bank, knowing you won't be there ringside for the match like you have in the past? Um, 
I mean, the thing is, you never know. I, I'll be at the show, so there's a chance I, I could be. Like, I didn't think I was going to be uh, out there for WrestleMania for, for Kofi and Woods' match, but I, I was there briefly at the beginning. Um, you never know. But assuming I won't be there, I don't think it'll be weird. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm there in spirit, even though it is a little bit odd to watch Mondays and see those guys doing their thing without me. But uh, it's deserved, man. I think... You know, Kofi's a guy who has been around so long, but has never really just rested on his laurels. He deserves that opportunity. And, uh, you know, another guy that I want to beat the drum for is my man Woods. You know, he's a guy who has been extremely entertaining. He's done a ton with Up, Up, Down, Down and G4. And uh, I think has really <sighs> kind of paved the way in certain ways. I th I, it's inspiring to see so many talent who are inspired by him and his work ethic and his hustle. But he's not just all those things. He's a great in ring performer as well. He's a great wrestler as well. Seeing the match he had about a month or so ago with Riddle uh, and, and tearing it up. Uh, so he's a guy that I definitely want to see be given more opportunities, be given that that singles run and not just be a foil when Kofi has a singles push. It was great to see him in a, in a Hell in a Cell match the other night. That was awesome. He killed it. Yeah, man. And that was something that they didn't really even know was going to happen <laughs> until I think the day of. Uh, so for him to pull something like that together and have ideas like he's always been a guy who has had a ton of ideas and he's so enthusiastic and passionate about about wrestling and about what we do and uh i'm just glad he's been given more of those opportunities but he deserves much more honestly well you have a big match on sunday too as you'll be in the money in the bank ladder match for the first time which of the competitors who've qualified so far do you think pose the biggest threat to you getting the briefcase uh, I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, I'd say it's probably Drew right now. I think Drew obviously having the run that he's had during, during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame. Like he's a guy who has really been humping during the pandemic and, you know, he hasn't had the crowd there to, I really expected at WrestleMania that that would be Drew's moment in front of the people. Uh, but he succumbed to the almighty Bobby Lashley. So I, I would say, I would say Drew, man, Drew's been cooking lately, but, uh, I'm not worried. Like you said, this is my first money in the bank, but I've had tag team ladder matches. I've done this before. I'm not worried about anyone, but you know, it's, it's, it's cool to look around and see a great crop of talent. You know, there's a lot of talented dudes in this match who've already qualified. And uh, even a guy like Ricochet, man, it's, uh, I, I think the really cool thing with money in the bank is you can have no steam all year long. You qualify for that match. You have that briefcase and you're in prime position. So, uh, I think there are a lot of guys who you might not think as world champions. You might not think of them as world champions right now, but it, all it takes is one great night, man. That's all it really takes. Would getting that briefcase be the momentum you think that you need right now to kind of get going again on SmackDown? Yeah, for sure. I think, obviously, I felt like I was really in a good position through WrestleMania. And then after WrestleMania, for me, things have definitely slowed down. You know, I, I definitely have some momentum to, to regain. And that's my hope at Money in the Bank is, you know, all is forgiven damn near when you have that briefcase. Everything else is forgotten about the last couple months. So that changes things. You know, I, uh, I'm also rooting for you to win the match because I bet someone $25 that you'd win. So I do have a little bit riding that, on it. Tw $25 whole dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, thank you for really going on a, on a, on a limb there for me. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a pricey bet. So don't, don't get me, uh, don't make me lose my money, please. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to, to prove you right. But no, it has been, it's cool to see so many people who've been rooting for me. Um, not that I don't believe in myself, clearly, that's, that's not a concern. But uh, it is heartwarming to see the amount of fan reaction I've seen online for people who want to see me uh, win the briefcase. And uh, I think there's a lot of interesting things up in the air as well, with, with Kofi having a world title match the same day, and people trying to, you know, book their own outcomes and how they want to see things play out, I think is really interesting. But uh, we'll see. Obviously, I know nothing. Uh, I know next to nothing. So uh, we'll see, man. It'll be a fun couple weeks. Yeah, I've seen all those fantasy bookings, too, where everyone's like, Biggie's going to win Money in the Bank. Kofi's going to win the title. And then he's going to cash in on Kofi. And I'm like, he would never, Biggie would never do that to Kofi. No, man, it's just because it's like, what's the point? And why not cash in? To me, I feel like I'm cowardly if I'm doing that, man. <laughs> like, Roman has been the guy. And I've always, and he's been the name I've been speaking the entire time, this whole singles run. And for me to, to go after Cove 
or even Bobby, for me, you know, it all, that all feels murky. Uh, and, and that's not at all, for me, this isn't taking away what Bobby has done at all, but I think Roman has had an incredible year or so, however long it's been. And uh, he's the guy, he's the guy at the top of our industry right now. And everyone has different opinions on who the guy is. But to me, I think he's doing easily the best work of his career. And I don't think that's really debatable either. And uh, yeah, why not go after the very top of the industry? You know, that, that's how you establish a legacy. So that's, that's the plan. Have you enjoyed your solo run up to this point? I, I have, I have. It's been cool to do something different, to show a different side of myself. I think the, the one thing that I don't love is not being with, with my boys. You know, there's, there's a real, even on screen is, is great. We have a great working relationship, obviously. But even just backstage, traveling together, once we get back on the road, even the little things like, uh, I miss the times backstage where someone would say something odd and I'm elbowing Kofi and Woods or side-eyeing them. Just having that support is, is something that I miss a bit. But, uh, you know, I signed up for this solo and uh, that was my expectation is, you know, 12 years ago. It's, it's in the start of August, the beginning of August will be 12 years since I've been signed with Crazy. WWE. A job I took on a whim and I've been very fortunate to have this run. Like, you know, I signed up to do it alone and that's the expectation. So I'm, I'm ready to do that. What would you say is your biggest challenge in doing it alone? Uh, I suppose my biggest challenge is just being granted the opportunities I feel I deserve, uh, as far as being slated as a main event guy or a top guy and taking that next step above, you know, the mid card. And that's something that hasn't happened as quickly as it should have, in my opinion, but in the same vein, like I'm not here to complain about my position or my slot. You know, I've been really fortunate in many ways, but uh, I definitely think I have the ability, the, I don't know if it factor, charisma, whatever word you want to use. I think when you look at in-ring ability, look, when you're looking at all the components that make a complete pro wrestler, I, I feel like I possess them and I feel like I'm, I should be in a slot above where I am, but you know, I'm still, I'm here to work for it in the same vein. And, uh, I don't, I don't feel like I should be automatically given anything and I want to work for that. So, um, I'm here to work for it and, uh, to be rubbing elbows with, with the very best and competing for world championships. The fact that I've been here nearly nine years in the main roster and have yet to have a world, not a single world title match. That's a shame. It's a crying shame. I, I completely agree that it's a shame, and I would also like to see it happen. But did winning the Intercontinental Championship at least help you feel a little more at ease about the situation? Uh, it's definitely a great moment for me, but I, I felt like, like this, is, this is the, not the I made it moment, but this is the moment where I said, like, I'm staking, you know, now I'm officially, that felt like I'm officially a singles performer, and now, more work is to be done. Like winning titles doesn't mean you made it. Now you have to have the kind of run that people remember, that they can respect. You have to defend that bad boy. So it's not getting there, it's staying there. And uh, that's something we've had a ton of success as a trio, uh, as a tag team. But uh, I want to have so many of those same accolades, but as a singles wrestler. So it was great being Intercontinental Champion. I wanted, in my mind, I'm trying to have that bad boy throughout the entire year and to show up at WrestleMania in 2022 uh, and uh, hopefully walk out as double champion. To me, that's a great story. That's, that's, that's a moment that you remember. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's been some momentum lost, and the plan is at Money in the Bank to get that momentum back. Yeah, well, we're showing all these pictures of when you won the title uh, against Sami Zayn, so I have to ask, what was it like working with Sami Zayn? Because I loved your guys' feud. You guys are both great performers, and I feel like you guys played off each other very well. Yeah, he, he's tremendous, man. He, he's so entertaining, and I think he's done a great job really repositioning himself. If you look at the NXT version of Sami Zayn, it's quite different. You know, not just look uh, and presentation, but so much of even what he does in the ring. I loved, and I was telling him, uh, you know, kind of recently, I loved what the, the latter match with Jeff, uh, AJ, and Sammy, I think so many of the clever things he was doing with countouts and with like tying Apollo up in the ropes, he was just finding really unique ways to win. And 
Uh, I think he's a guy who's wildly entertaining when he had the title, when he doesn't have the title. Uh, he's a guy who's shown that he has a lot to offer the business and to be around so long and still reinvent himself, still find new ways to be interesting and to captivate people. Uh, he's a hell of a performer. And I think someone who will very fond, he'll be fondly remembered, you know, years from now when he's done wrestling. Uh, but yeah, he, he's been killing it. I think he's one of the top heels in all of WWE right now. Like there's Roman, there's Lashley, and then there's Sammy just because he's so good. Like he's so good at making you mad at whatever he's saying that he's like good at getting to the core of, of what he wants, the emotion that he wants to get out of people. And it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. Agreed. And I, and he's a guy too. Like I wouldn't be shocked if we go on the road and he's wildly cheered. You know, that those that's what interests me too. I could also see him being like he maybe he's booed in Jackson, Mississippi, but beloved in Chicago. You know, those are the things that I again that I miss with crowds. Jackson, Mississippi is gonna hate that hair, so they're not gonna cheer for him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think he's getting over in Jackson. <laughs> um do you try to make people break? on camera and backstage segments, because sometimes I don't know how people can keep a straight face with the things that you're doing. Yeah, no, that's that's always, that's the biggest compliment. And that's the goal is, is to break people. And that's something <laughs> that we always look forward to. Uh, I think lately I haven't had the same amount of frivolity. Uh, it's always easier with, with Coven Woods to play off of, you know, your partners to be more fun. But I also like for me too, I didn't want to be the guy who was alone doing single stuff. And he was just there to tell jokes backstage. Like if you're if you're not using this opportunity to be more driven to pursue singles titles, then it feels like a waste. So for me, it's been finding that balance of still being me still being fun. But I didn't want to be just the goofy guy backstage who wasn't trying to elevate his position. But yeah, man, I really enjoy entertaining people. And that includes not just fans, but uh, my hope is to get like interviewers and other wrestlers to pop uh, because that's rewarding. It's that's that's beautiful <laughs> making people laugh. I love it. And uh, yeah, so that's always the goal is, is to make other people break. And that that feels like, you know, that's the moment. That's the inside where I'm a little fist pumped because uh, there are times I remember we, we worked, uh, I think it was us. This is years ago when we were still heels. It was us against the Usos and Big Show and every night our goal was to make Big Show pop because Usos had seen our nonsense for a while, but we hadn't really done a lot of stuff with Big Show, uh, especially this is probably 2015-ish. So yeah, our goal, and I'm pretty sure we did it every night, was to get Big Show to pop. And so yeah, I took a lot of delight in that. There was one you did the other day that had me dying where you were back, it was, it was Owens, Kevin Owens doing the interview back, it didn't air on TV, but it was a WWE Network exclusive on, on web and, and Owens is talking about how he's screwed over New Day in the past and how he's like apologetic over it. And then it just slowly pans out as he's apologizing as if you aren't there, but you were just laying on the ring apron like this, looking at him. That one had me laughing so hard. Like, I, I love when you do stuff like that. I appreciate it. And it's always rewarding to hear the feedback from people about how much you made them laugh or entertain them. Like that stupid um, Sami Zayn butt condos promo that I cut backstage around, <laughs> I think it was, yeah, uh, yep. around Christmas, uh, right after I, I won the IC title. Uh, it's uh, those things I appreciate. Same uh, as stupid as the uh, meaty men uh, promo <laughs> is, people seem to really love that. And it's, it's very rewarding for me. I hate watching myself, but it's very rewarding for me to hear from other people that, hey, this nonsense that you did that you just made up on the fly uh, <laughs> has had me cackling for months. So that, yeah, that's like, that's the goal. I think people remember championships. They remember title runs. They remember a lot of that. But one of the things that I heard years ago, which made a lot of sense to me, is oftentimes people will forget what you did for them, but they won't forget how you made them feel. And, and that's my hope is maybe years from now when I'm an old, uh, old bitter man, just jaded, beaten down by the world on my porch, just yelling at children to get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> my hope is that maybe people didn't remember exactly how many titles I had or, you know, maybe they forgot some of the programs, but they remember, hey, he was someone who I fondly remember. He made me smile. He made me laugh. And, uh, and that's the goal. So that, that's something that I do cherish. I love that so much. I think that's great advice for people to have just to keep up there because that's that's super helpful. Uh, you and Apollo Crews have been working together for most of the year at this point. Have you been satisfied with your guys' rivalry as a whole? Um, has it been 
perfect. Uh, I, I'll say, I think he's he's extremely talented. He's a guy uh, who I have enjoyed seeing him step up. Um, he's a guy who, like, if you paid any attention, you always knew, man, he's extremely talented. He can do a bunch of things. The fact that he can do, he's a high flyer, but he can do strong stuff. Uh, he's this weird hybrid who can do it all, has a great look. And to see him finally get more opportunities and to kill it, uh, he's a guy, I feel like we have great chemistry in the ring. And we had never really, we talked about this before, we had never really done much of anything, maybe like a random six man or tag until this past year, um, because he was always a baby face. I was, I had been a baby face for a long time. So it's just been uh, rewarding to see him step up and to kill it. He and I have done a good job in ring, but I, I, I'm pleased with what we brought to the table. I do think that the the best part about it, and you kind of alluded to it in there, was the fact that you guys have both kind of been bringing each other up into these new roles. You both helped elevate each other, you know, him as this new character he's doing and you uh, in your singles run away from New Day. And so I think that as much as, yes, I agree that there could have been a few less matches between the two of you guys, um, I, I have enjoyed watching the two of you kind of bring each other up to a certain degree. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that I like is being able to show a serious side. And as much as I enjoy being funny and making people laugh, I think being able to show a certain intensity, which, you know, a few months ago when we were really in the midst of our program leading up to WrestleMania, as I feel like things were, they got to a, a real boil as far as intensity was concerned. And I was just appreciative of that opportunity where I didn't have to be always smiling or ah, just, you don't really care about losing last night or last week you just put a smile on your face and go out there then i, I like being able to show that different side because it's something i've been able to show in, in quite some time so uh yeah man I, I i thought we really did bring the best out of each other were you happier with this ic title run than you were with the first one that you had oh much more uh definitely much more even though this one wasn't in front of fans uh, i think the first one and this is not by any means an indictment of anyone that i wrestled at the time i think i just wasn't really ready if I'm being honest, uh, just as a performer, I wasn't nearly as comfortable as I am now. Granted, this was probably, it was about seven years ago. This was definitely before the new day. So we're talking about like 2013, I think is when I won the uh, Intercontinental Championship the first time. And I had only been wrestling, I don't wanna say only, but I've been wrestling, you know, about three, I think almost four years at the time, maybe about four years. And in my mind, I was ready, but I wasn't as seasoned as I wish I was at the time. And again, this has nothing to do with, you know, I, I won the title from, from Axel. Uh, I wrestled, I remember wrestling, I wrestled Sandow. Uh, I dropped it to uh, Wade Barrett when he was doing the King gimmick. Um, and, you know, kind of one of the, the things too that I remember that first run is how over Wade was. Wade was super over and I was pretty tepid as a baby. I was just like a, a big guy as a baby face, but I didn't have much of a character. And I, I remember them, I remember how, I want to say, was this Chicago? It might have been Chicago. I want to say it was Chicago. But anyways, he was really over. I was not. And as a babyface, when you go out there and you're trying to get people behind you, but the heel is beloved, man, that sucks. That's like, that's the worst possible scenario, I think, going into a match as far as reactions are concerned. When you're the one out there as champion and people don't care to see you win, they're firmly behind this guy who's way more entertaining than you. Uh, I remember at the time he had the scissor lift too. There was one time it was Miz versus Brodus, I think on a SmackDown. And I remember he's up there in the scissor lift. He interrupts their match, starts cutting a promo as they're wrestling, starts laughing at them. Crowd loves him. I think, I want to say Miz wins at the end, runs over to like... I don't know what he's trying to do. He's not trying to climb the scissor lift. Wade Wade is probably 20 feet up in the air. Just, he, I think he has his gavel and he's looking at Miz and he's just pointing and laughing at him. Uh, but I remember how he was wildly entertaining and I was not at the time. So uh, I think for me, that first IC title run, I'm glad I had it and it was a great learning experience. But I think looking back, I'm so much more comfortable promo wise in ring wise, I think I'm a lot better prepared now than I was then. And uh, it's great being younger, you know, I was still in my 20s at the time. But the experience I have now being 35 wrestling for almost 12 years, um, I, I feel much, much more comfortable. Now, I want to talk to you about 
just you the person for a second get away away from wrestling what do you like to do just for fun like when you have the day to yourself what do you usually choose to do I'm extremely dull. I really try to tell people that I'm so dull. When people ask me about the things I like to do, I live alone. I sit on the couch. Uh, I've been watching uh, I Think You Should Leave okay. on Netflix. Season two is out, and that's an incredible show. Oh, season extremely two funny. dropped of that that's, already? Season two is out. Yeah, I'm on what uh, episode four, three or four. I got I to gotta check. I, took, I paused so we can do this. <laughs> but yes, it, yes, it is out. It is definitely out. I can confirm that. I don't do anything, man. Well, and that's I'm extremely something, though. I, Wait, I no, work that, out when I'm home. That's something, though. What do, you, what do you like about that show so much? Uh, it's just very, the comedy, for anyone who's seen it, it's just very uh, out of the box. It's uh, lewd at times. It's very irreverent. It's very irreverent. And uh, I, I very much enjoy that. But I watch way too much TV. Uh, listen to a ton of music. I'm trying to think of anything remotely interesting. During the pandemic, I started going on walks just to like do that. Oh, meditation. That's something that I, I like talking okay. about. So I really got into guided meditation. I use Headspace. Um, for me, for, uh, someone who struggled with their mental health for a long time, uh, has uh, for most of my life, I've battled like depression. Um, so I've really decided during the pandemic that if I can't take this time now to work on myself, to, to meditate regularly, to, to work on my mental health, then I never will. Like, you, there's no excuses when you have all this time. So that, that's something that I really devoted myself to is meditating and just kind of working on me. And it's, it's been really productive. And for anyone who has similar struggles or just anyone who's looking for more balance or looking for more peace in their life, I can't speak glowingly enough about meditation and guided meditation. So that, that's what I'm on. That's my kick these days. How often do you meditate? Because I'm not going to lie. You're talking to someone who is in the midst of trying to force themselves into bettering themselves as a person. I'm like, I keep like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I'll stop. I'll start. So meditation is something I've actually been looking into because um, I've got ADD. So I'm always like so hyper. I'm always so hyper. And I'm when I'm doing these interviews, I'm like two questions ahead when I need to be in the moment and stuff. So uh, how often do you meditate? Uh, I typically only do it once a day, but it's not, it's not that difficult, man. I t try to tell people it's typically only 10 to 12 minutes and I'll, I'll do it usually during the start of the day. But the thing with meditation is it kind of gives you a framework that you can always go back to. So there are times that even though I'm not actively meditating, but if I realize, Hey, I'm kind of anxious right now, let me remember to come back to the breath. So there, you know, it's, even though I'm not actively meditating, then I'll, I'll use the lessons I learned from meditation throughout my day, um, whether I'm anxious or whether I'm thinking too much about the past or the present, uh, or sorry, about the future. Because one of the things that I realize is I often struggle to be present. I'm often too, I just too often thinking about the future or the past, but meditation has really helped me to become more present. So yeah, it's really not a huge strain on your, I know certain people who meditate two hours a day but for me, it's typically like 10 to 12 minutes a day. I just do it in the morning and start my day. And uh, yeah, just I, I like one of the things with Headspace is you just you can do it for free. You can try the basics for a little bit. And if it's something you like, I didn't really shop around. I know there are other apps that people love as well, but it's really been a, a godsend for me is just having something to kind of help me work on me. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Right before we were doing this, I was a uh... Right before we were about to start talking, I was doing my own little breathing exercises over here and realizing that I don't actually know what I'm doing. So maybe I should look at one of those apps that'll teach me what to do. Yeah, and it's very easy. That's the thing, too. I think a lot of times this stuff feels daunting. But uh, like for me, yoga is still daunting. That's something I kind of want to do. I stretch now for about 30 to 40 minutes after uh, every time I lift. So like four days a week. Uh, I stretch my own, but it's not, it's not quite yoga. So I think a lot, oftentimes these things feel daunting, but it's not, you know, just, you just got to dip your toe in the water. And if you like it, then it can change your life in a, in a positive way. If you don't, it's really no skin off your teeth. You can try something else. But uh, yeah, I feel like this is the year for or like 2020, 2021 has been the year of working on yourself and self-improvement and, and, and all that jazz. And it can, it can sound cliche and corny, but uh, it's very necessary for, for someone like myself who, uh, who needs that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been on. Are you, uh, you're, pretty, you're a pretty big music guy too, right? I am. I consider myself a hip hop head. Yeah, I listened to, I was, when I was researching for this, I, you tweeted about an album you liked and I started listening to it yesterday and I liked it. It was a Cannibal Ox, I believe, the, the Cold Vein. The Cold Vein. Yes, that is a classic. Don't get me started on that album. 
one that to me is it's a top 10 hip-hop album of all time if you ask me and there are a lot of people who have never even heard of cannibal ox or the cold vein but uh it's incredible it's produced entirely by lp uh, oh, if cool. anyone has heard run the jewels lp is one half of run the jewels he's a rapper and producer but he produced this album one of the things uh that really stood out for me is it has this almost post-apocalyptic feel where i don't know it reminds me a bit of like terminator it, it feels like it's set in the future and it's really just dire the world is crumbled and there's just something about uh vast air and uh vordul uh, mega are the two mcs it's a it's a group that comprises uh, cannibal ox uh, and they're incredible and they actually they create they had an album called the blade of ronin that came out a few years ago because uh the cold vein is man the cold vein how old is the cold vein the cold vein is from that's 2013 the early 2000s yeah 2013 well at least the one that's on spotify it says the deluxe edition so maybe the deluxe edition's from 2013 Okay, I gotta look this up because it originally definitely. Let's I want to say 2001. Wait, I'm on Spotify. Let's release. see if I get service. In 2001. Here. Okay. May of 2001 is the original. But yes, it's a great album, and I could talk about uh, hip hop and the Cold Vein for for hours upon hours. But yes, it's it's a beautiful album, and thank you for listening. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I love expanding my musical horizons. So when I saw that, I was like, I've never heard of that artist or that rapper, whoever they are. I've never heard of them. So I put it on. And actually, now that you say that LP. Uh, worked on that, I can I can see the similarities there because I only got into Run the Jewels uh, during the pandemic as well, but I can kind of see the musically the the similarities there. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't say it's the same sound, but it, it is uh, you know it's it's LP. Who, yeah, I, I don't know if LP produces all of Run the Jewels stuff, but I, I'm assuming the majority of it. But he definitely produced all of uh, the Cold Vein. But yeah, it just has a different feel for anyone who's accustomed to listening to hip hop music. It's just, it's not like boom bap. I don't know how to describe that sound, but it's really dope to me. Yeah, that's why I liked it so much. It, 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 it had a different vibe to it that I'm used to hearing when I'm listening to rap and hip hop. So I, I definitely like that. Did you, since you're a music guy, did you get to collaborate with Wale on your theme at all? So yeah, the nice part was I actually got the beat a little bit beforehand and they let me kind of like, hey, what elements of this do you want to keep? What do you want to lose? And I don't really know much about, I listen to a lot of music, but I have never really sat in on creating a song and hey, what do we adjust here? What do we want here? So uh, it was different for me, but I was, I was appreciative of the fact that I got to kind of mess around with things. I love Wale so much as an MC and also as a friend, you know, that's, that's my guy. We just text about life um, and whatnot, but I, I wouldn't really tell him. There were a couple of times where he's like, hey, what do you think about this part or this ad lib? But beyond that, like I'm not, I'm not gonna tell Wale how to rap. Uh, he he knows clearly what he's doing. But I think the beautiful thing is he's such a massive fan, man. He's just a fan of wrestling, and he's been trying to bridge this gap between hip hop and wrestling for so long. The stuff he's done with Wale Mania, and I feel like Wale Mania is only gonna continue to grow because he's just a, a passionate fan. And I'm, it's been cool to see. I know with our fans too. Our fans will sniff out anyone they perceive as an outsider and boo them mercilessly with with no regard whatsoever. And it's been cool to see. I feel like Wale has gotten a pretty positive reception from our fans because they know he's a real wrestler. He's like you and me, like he's he's a real fan. And I think he's contributed a lot to the community, too. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, and I've said this several times, but Wale has been one of my favorite rappers before anyone ever cared to know my name, before I was ever even really on TV. So it, it's an honor for me to be able to, to walk out to his music. Yeah, that's, that's I, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I had it as my next question, so it's a great intro from you there, is that like, I, I wanna know what's the craziest thing that you got to do as part of New Day that you couldn't have fathomed doing before you were part of New Day, or before you were even in WWE? Uh, it's hard to say. I think I never would have fathomed that we would have broken a 20 year old record. The fact that, you know, the 483 day title reign is something that I never really fathomed that would happen. Uh, I would also say the, the having a long promo seg with the rock where it wasn't just, you know, say a line or two and get bumped around the fact that we got to go back and forth with the rock, I thought was pretty cool. And, uh, I still remember just our enthusiasm that day. You know, I, I felt like a lot of people, uh, especially the guys who aren't like Cena or Austin, a lot of those guys really would just get eaten up on the mic. Uh, 
when they had promo sex with The Rock. And I get why, it's The Rock. And we were just really excited to, to go in there and to not get eaten up and to show like, hey, we can go too. And I don't know, it, it's not for us to weigh in on who won or came off better, but you know, it was just really cool to, to have that opportunity to, to go back and forth for a bit. But man, if I had to pick a singular event, it's, it's pretty difficult. But yeah, I'll go with the, the 20-year record. That's pretty incredible. And uh, I know people will have their differing opinions, and rightfully so, about who the greatest tag team of all time is. And the fact that, you know, someone officially said, hey, let's put New Day at number one. Of course, I have nothing to do with the process. I don't know how it works. I would even argue that I, I wouldn't, if it was up to me, I wouldn't put us at one. Um, who would but you I'm put also, I'm also loathe to compliment myself in that regard, you know? So I don't know. I, I'm really proud of our achievements. I'm proud of what we've done for the, just the fact that we were three guys who were just trying to get booked on TV. That, that's all it was. We were just trying to get regularly booked and used because we were all floundering in our careers. I think if you look at the shield, I, it's weird for me to even compare us to the shield because I feel like the shield were always meant to be the guys they became. Like you saw those three together and sure, if you hadn't watched NXT or FCW or much of the indies, maybe you didn't know who they were when they first were on screen in 2012, but they were clearly positioned. They were a super group, you know, and uh, we weren't, in my opinion, we weren't. We were just three guys hoping to get together as a faction. And uh, there are so many things, as you ask that question, I'm kind of going through that mental Rolodex of all the accomplishments um, we've had and all the cool things we've been able to do from the cereal box, uh, coming out of the cereal box at, at the WrestleMania in Dallas to actually having a cereal that is still purchasable. You can still go to FYE and FYE.com and buy a new, you know, new day cereal. Um, man, even like people, the year that we hosted WrestleMania, people asked us, hey, are you disappointed that you're not in a match? And for us, it was almost kind of jarring or weird at the time uh, that people felt that way, especially because around that time, Active talent hadn't really been hosting WrestleMania. That was not, it was definitely not a regular thing. Maybe there was, I want to say there was like one or two talent before us that had done it as active members of the roster. Maybe, I can't remember the numbers, but it was definitely not a, a regular thing. And for us, I still, I'm so glad that, I still think it would have been cool with, without it, but having the Hardys return and a clip that people still play and still gives people goosebumps being a part of that even though that moment wasn't about us but being there for it uh is something i'm just getting goosebumps just thinking about it and i was uh, too <laughs> being a part of those moments is, there's nothing like it man there's nothing like that and something that i'll i'll always remember so we we've been extremely fortunate as a trio to do some really cool things and to do, do things that you don't necessarily expect from uh wrestling factions we just got to do a lot of weird stuff and fun stuff and i'm thankful who would you put at number one if you were making the list Ooh, I, 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 in general hate making lists because, uh, invariably you always forget someone <laughs> or you feel bad because you have someone out. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to answer this question to the best of my ability, but, uh, man, this is difficult. Maybe <laughs> the road warriors. I, 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 I'd have no, there's no real argument with to me. I'd, I'm comfortable putting Road Warriors number one, but there's some there's some great options. I think anyone, a lot of those teams that were listed in like the, the top ten, you could see as number one. Yeah, but yeah, let's go with Road Warriors. Listing things, and I'm a writer, is always so stressful because it's like, well, I gotta go watch a million matches. I can't just throw it out there what my opinion would be. I gotta like go do the research now and go make sure that I feel comfortable in my list. So I, I completely understand. Yeah. Especially because there are so many things to to take into consideration like for us i think I, I think our match quality is excellent uh i think a lot of what we've done is excellent too but i think if you judge us simply by matches and promos i don't even think that really encapsulates everything we've done like i said like if you don't think about bootios or hosting wrestlemania or even like i take into do you consider up up down down like the stuff that woods has done cultural impact there are there's so many different things to consider when you're talking about the greatest in in our industry, and I, I think for us that probably I think a lot of the the stuff outside of the ring helped kind of put us in that position too. Um, and I'm thankful for for uh, Kofi and Woods for letting me ride their coattails all these years. You know, <laughs> it's been it's 
been nice. So between Kofi Mania off of Down Down, all those things that those guys do, I've been able to, to ride the wave. So it, it's been beautiful. <laughs> well, I think you guys earned that position. I think that, and I, and I truly believe that your guys' influence is going to be felt in years to come much more, like for the reasons that you listed. The outside stuff that you did, the just the positive representation, just everything in general, I really feel like your guys' influence is going to be felt in a few years, and you're going to have a lot of kids that say they got into wrestling because of New Day. So I think you guys very much earned that spot. That, that's my hope. That's what my buddy uh, Andreas Hale, uh, shout out to Andreas. He always tries to tell me that, and I always tell him, uh, you're being ridiculous. But honestly, that, that is the goal, I think, as a performer, is I hope that we influence generations down the road. I hope that people feel inspired by, even if it's not like, hey, I also want to uh, wear a unicorn horn and shake my ass as a wrestler. Even if it's not that, but it's like, hey, I was uh, inspired to be more comfortable or just to be myself or just to not be shoved into the box that promoters or coaches or producers or other wrestlers or Asians wanted me to be put in. Like that to me is one of the, the greatest compliments you can get as a performer. And that is my hope is that something about something that the three of us have done uh, inspires people or encourages people or you know future wrestlers to, to do things that are unconventional. Because we had a lot of people who laughed at us who told us that what we were doing was stupid, uh, who didn't understand the direction, who didn't get the vision. But I'm mostly, I'm so grateful that I was with two other guys who just really believed in the trio. Uh, I have complete and have always had complete faith in them. I never worried about them pitching behind my back to like break us up or to turn on me or to diminish my position in the group. And I think that's the beautiful thing is it was never about anyone asserting themselves as the leader. It was never about anyone trying to, to steal the spotlight. Even when Kofi became world champion, he was effusive with praise for, for Woods and myself. And I think he was a great example. Like you can have this great moment that should be in many ways about you, but you can thank those around you you can uh, be humble. So, uh, you know, Kofi is one of those guys who just is, will always be, to me, a shining example of what a pro wrestler should be. The way he should carry himself, the way he should speak to others, the, the way he should live his life. He's an incredible family man. Uh, he's a guy who is just beyond respectful uh, and polite to, to everyone backstage. And uh, fame or position or the world titles none of that ever got to his head and never changed him and uh you know i i just couldn't ask for two better partners i, I honestly couldn't well we've reached the end here so i've got to ask uh my closing questions here and that's about your finishing move the big ending so let's start with the first part of this question who's your favorite superstar to hit the big ending on and why Ooh, this is a this is a good question. It's easier, obviously. It's easier with with lighter <laughs> people. The lighter you are, the better. And uh, man, I'm actually I'm trying to. You're you're showing some pictures right now, in the back, <laughs> yeah. right? and then I'm probably going to steal from. Uh, I guess Daniel Bryan. I didn't realize that I had actually hit it on Daniel Bryan. I saw that earlier. And uh, you know, he's a guy. I would say because of his status as a you know living legend, I would say the fact that he. Took it like a champ. I'll, I'll go. Let's go, Daniel Bryan. I'll, that's that's. I'm proud of that one. Is, that. is there Daniel one Bryan. time you hit the big ending that you wish you could take back for any reason? Uh, there was one time I I did not hit the big ending, which I wish I could take back. So I had a singles match with Mark Henry. This is years ago. Uh, this is uh, Tyler Breeze's one of his favorite stories. He loves just just bringing it up at all times because <laughs> it makes him giggle. But I had a match with Mark, and I got Mark Henry up for the beginning. It was a short match. This is probably like probably 2015 because we were still heels. And Mark was just planted on there. You know, certain big guys, once they're up there, they are just real uncomfortable. So I just kept trying to swipe his arm. I'm in complete control. I have it up there. And Mark Henry just slips out. I I look down and he's there. And I go to cover him. One, two, three. <laughs> Doesn't kick out. Does not kick out. And I kind of look around at Kofi Woods in confusion trying to figure out what, what just happened here. And uh, yeah, so that was a time where I did not hit the big ending. And we, we go backstage, there was uh, some, some things, were, not between me and Mark, <laughs> me and Mark, I think we were fine. But uh, you know, we had, we've had many conversations and, and laughs about it. At the time I was, I was pretty upset, but you know, we all, we all move on. But yes, I can't think of a time where I hit the big ending and was upset. But that, that was a time yeah. I actually did not hit it. 
was supposed to hit it. And then we just all went on about our lives. <laughs> that still applies. What's the most memorable time that you hit the big ending? Man, that is a very good question. Um, hmm. I can't recall. I'm trying to think because I can't remember how there was. a. So when we broke the record, the very last match we had, we actually had two matches on one raw. But I can't remember if I hit the big ending to win either of those. It was actually it was actually pretty cool because we had two uh, triple threat tags. Well, I think one was to open the show, one was to close the show. And actually, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you remember, but the one, um, it's like a minute clip of Cesaro going crazy on one of the best comebacks you'll ever see. Yes. That was that night. So it was the bar, Gallows and Anderson, and the New Day, we ended up winning that match. And then we also had a match later. I think it was Jericho. I can't remember all the participants. I think the Shield. I think members of the Shield might have been there. I can't remember. But anyways, I also don't know if I hit the beginning. <laughs> but I, I, let's assume I did okay. at that time. I'm rambling. My memory is horrible. Let's assume I hit it in one of those matches. And let's go with that as the number one moment. Because we'll be here all day, me trying to figure this out. Let's go with that one. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for giving me the time today. And good luck in Money in the Bank this week. And I can't wait to watch it. I appreciate it. Thank you for, for being here and listening to my ramblings. Uh, I honestly had like another hour or two in me, but since you got to wrap it up, let's, uh, let's listen. Hey, I just follow the rules that, that are given to me. I've got an hour of questions left, but I, I'll, I'll save it for the next time you're on the show. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, man. Have a good one. Yes, sir. That was Biggie. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I loved hearing just about the meditation stuff. I loved hearing about the music stuff. I loved hearing about all of that. I'm a huge fan of Biggie, so getting to pick that brain was awesome. Okay, make sure that you subscribe to Out of Character on all the podcast platforms. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to us there. And if you can, if you're nice enough, please rate and review us as well. Also, make sure you follow the YouTube channel as well, WWE on Fox. That's where you can watch the video of this show every week and a bunch more clips. And make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media as well. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now.